I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Estee Lalonde, and welcome to On the Line. We're getting closer and closer to Christmas, and boy, am I getting excited. Joining me today is the queen of all things spiritual wellness, the glorious Jasmine Hemsley. For those of you who are not familiar with today's guest, Jasmine Hemsley is a best-selling author, well-being expert, and co-founder of Hemsley & Hemsley. Jasmine's latest concept is East by West, an idea that came to life as a pop-up cafe inspired by her travels in Sri Lanka and India. East by West realizes Jasmine's vision of Ayurvedic cuisine and wisdom. East by West, the cookbook launched in November 2017, delving further into Jasmine's passion for holistic Eastern foods and therapies, and which has since become an Amazon bestseller and winner of Women's Health Wellbeing Book of the Year Award. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, Estee. Thank you for being here. I love that you do hand movements while you're talking. Yeah, no one sees that. <laughs> <laughs> I am such a hand talker. So surely you're the world's busiest Zen woman in the world. Ugh, there's lots of busy. There's not a lot of Zen. But Zen is my intention. Zen is my focus. Zen is what I need to balance myself. Okay, so I just kind of want to tell people how we met. We met if you don't remember, mm -hmm. at, at your cafe. cafe. Mm -hmm. and Which was how long ago? That was so, so long ago. Two years? But I haven't really seen you since then. And I feel like I know who you are, but I don't mm -hmm. really know who you are. Okay. So for people listening, I would love you to introduce yourself. My name is Jasmine Hemsley. I used to live very close to Estee until recently. Um, I am a... I don't know how to introduce myself. I am... I work as in, in kind of well-being, starting off about 10 years ago or so, um, cooking for private clients. 
everything around that journey has been a kind of a, a slow move. I never, I never dreamt that I would do it or decided to do it. It was just that I had this interest for a long time in health and wellness before I even knew what that term really meant. And so it's kind of like my interest has become my career, if you like. So were you always into cooking or? Yes and no. Like um, I laugh because... I prefer it when someone else cooks, quite frankly. Really? Yeah. But I love good food. I love to eat out. For me, you know, I have um, the mum of one of my best friends when I was growing up. She always said, Jasmine doesn't describe a place by what it looks like or what it does or what it, you know, it's always by the food. I always remember the food. And I think it comes from, you know, I'd say my mum and dad, they traveled a lot. My mum's Filipino, my dad's English army. So they've they've been between them to, to many different countries. Um, and they also love food. And I think food is that story. Um, it's extremely nostalgic for me. And um, and although it sounds really romantic when I kind of talk about it, it, it's just that I grew up on home-cooked food. My mother worked full-time, my dad worked full-time, but my mum put food on the table, usually in a hurry. Yeah. Um, and I'm from then I, I learned to be resourceful and that when I wanted a certain flavour or wanted to eat a certain way, I had to do, to do it myself. Yeah. Because when I was growing up, there were there, you couldn't really get... You couldn't just suddenly go, oh, you know what? I fancy trying some Mexican or I fancy this tonight. There just wasn't eateries, if you like. There yeah. were kind of posh French restaurants or there was fish and chips or your local greasy spoon, as we mm-hmm. say, like, you know, an, a, an English fry up. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of learned to cook quite early from nine, actually. Well, you might be shocked to find out that I do not cook. I don't know how to cook anything. I know so many people that also don't know how to cook. I hate it. Yeah. I really, I really, really want to learn how to cook. And I've been saying it for years, but I am 28 now. And it's actually getting embarrassing to me that I can't cook. So I, I have obviously your cookbooks, plural. How many cookbooks do you have these three. days? I have okay. three. Two um, as part of Hemsley and Hemsley. Yeah. And one um, which I brought out just almost a year to date um, called East by West, which is about Ayurvedic food. But just on that point, I mean, I think nowadays when everybody, you know, we talk about food and foodies and we're very, um, you know, we both live in London. It's very cultural. You can you can try all different kinds of cuisines and fusions. And I think that puts a lot of people off because one, you can kind of go and get it. And two, you just don't want to mess up. Yeah. But you have to mess up a few times. And I reckon if you can just nail a couple of, uh, recipes in your repertoire and just feed yourself kind of day to day then you can build on that and you can feel really confident but don't yeah. think oh I don't have the gene okay. it's just always experience and okay. gotta get going well that's really <laughs> good to know and I feel like people do really know you for the food stuff and they can research that on their own time if they've never you know seen your site or seen your books or anything I really want to talk about the wellness mm-hmm. side of you because actually last night on your Instagram you posted something about a sound bath Oh, yes. And I want to come, by the way. Absolutely. And I was like, I just want to learn more about that from you. And when did you start getting into that side Mm, of things? That's a really good question. So I guess I got into the well-being world firstly via food. And I was, you know, I love that saying, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Mm -hmm. Because food is really a way in. We eat three times a day. Um, Food is something you share that we talk about that we're passionate about. So that was how I got into well-being. But I soon realised very early on, it's not the be-all and end-all. Okay. And over time, I've realised if you eat, you know, the best meal or best by whatever your standards are or whatever you consider to be healthy, in a stressed-out state with lack of awareness, without chewing properly, 
even feeling angry or upset, it doesn't become what you think it will inside your body. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more that goes with well-being and well-being is this lovely 360 approach that's completely fluid and moving and completely different for you and I in at any one time and rather than that being complicated because I know people might think oh I just want some rules just give me three facts or something actually it makes life better because you're not having to be so rigid it's not that something's good or bad um it's just does it suit you right now or you know okay you made that choice so stick by that choice and enjoy that choice and then and then see what you need for the next choice. Mm-hmm. So for me, it kind of opens doors. It gives you a much more romantic way of approaching your life and a lot more of an intuitive way, I think, um, because we know that nutritional science, which is only a few hundred years old, it keeps changing. So in our lifetime, we've gone from fat being really bad for you and then very carbohydrate conscious and then into these superfoods and then sugar is really bad. And you know all these things are kind of their trends to build an awareness but you have to understand it's just part of the bigger picture so while I you know I will never kind of talk a trend down because it's always it's a way of us learning if we didn't talk about trends there'd be nothing to talk about but I just would love everyone to realize it's just part of a bigger bigger picture okay so to people listening to this they might be thinking I have no idea what she's talking about (laughs) that's usual I'll I'll go around the houses (laughs) with this wellness and all of this romantic approach to life Mm -hmm. whatever you're saying Mm -hmm. are people looking for just those three tips like I literally have a question here that I was gonna ask you like what are what are three things someone can do every day to bring mindfulness into their lives because I think so many people like I'm just thinking about my mom for instance Mm -hmm. she's just quite far from that yeah. no offense mom but it's just not really her thing yeah, yeah yeah so I think a lot of people are like well what can I do practically but I have been experiencing and I'm sure it's the same for you is it's a it's a slow progression to yes. your approach to life and you do want to enjoy these little things and you like I personally I go to yoga mm. you know and I start have started doing that and I started doing that a few times a week and then I started doing things like the sound bath you know you slowly get into these things it's not like you wake up one day and then you meditate for five minutes like it's it's an exploration do you agree absolutely an exploration that's how I did it I didn't just suddenly hit a button and go oh I'm into wellness and well-being it was via people I met who inspired me it was being curious um it was about being playful about life things that didn't really make sense to me. I kind of went with an open mind, Mm, wasn't really digging it. That's okay. I'll step back and I'll wait for the next time an opportunity comes. So on a practical note, you know, when you're asking about being mindful, I mean, that already is quite a a strange one for people because they think, what do you mean being mindful? What do you mean being in the moment? I've got things to do. I can't (laughs) hang around. People think being in the moment is the luxury of just lying around, looking out the window and daydreaming. And one, that is super important, mm-hmm. really important. But two, being mindful is actually having an awareness in your present in your present moment. So, for example, when I grew up, you know, we were always taught, be plan, 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 think, 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 sort this out in your head. And so that's that kind of monkey mind of ours that goes on and on and on, you know, going through our to-do lists, going through five conversations we had yesterday, then going through them again an hour later. You know, that constant chit-chat in your mind. That's very necessary, but we don't want it to be our entire experience of life. So 
how to be mindful is a way to kind of bring that in is cooking. And even simpler than cooking for those that don't cook is actually just making a cup of tea. So if you look at traditional cultures around the world, especially in the East, people can think of a Japanese or a, or a Chinese tea ceremony. There was, it was very, it was done in a particular way. And it's almost like its own meditation because the ritual of tea making, of making sure the water is at the right temperature, of, of selecting which um, tea you want. And that tea can completely depend on your mood and can add an enhancing effect to your day. Um, to allowing it to steep for a certain amount of time, you know, a little bit more for a robust tea, a little less for a, for a delicate tea, then allowing it to come to the right temperature, inhaling it, smelling it, you know, using all your senses and then sipping it slowly and tasting it. It sounds like it's going to take a lot of time, but actually you almost do it at the same amount of time. You're just there and you're just more present. For me, it really worked with washing up and I have to do a lot of washing up with what I do. And I don't like it, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I would always do it very efficiently. In time, I realized I was being very efficient, but my nervous system was really taking a hammering. And I feel myself quite caught in my breath and I became very aware of that. So I thought, you know what? What if doing the dishes was the most lovely thing that you could possibly do? And so I just became more considerate. Didn't I wasn't slower. I get my dishes done maybe a frac takes a fraction longer. But suddenly I actually relax and I enjoy it and I'm there and I'm present rather than wishing it wasn't there and jumping to the thing or or sorting something out in my head. Yeah, that's one way you can become more mindful. So you bring it into the way you eat as well. So sitting down to have a meal wherever possible, not being on your phone or sending an email, not having an overly sensation heightening conversation i.e having an argument with someone or debating something or getting caught up in their story of their life just actually tasting and chewing the food that eventually becomes you so whoa i know the food that eventually becomes you yeah oh my gosh so i mean if i was if i was thinking about me listening to this 10 15 years ago i'd be like what i haven't got time for that that sounds crazy but we all need more of this. And this is what the sound bath is giving you. This is what yoga is giving you. Because in the West, we valued something that we call this yang energy, this very masculine doing productive energy. You know, we really love people who produce work, who are on it, right? Who turn up, who are on time, who can get a lot done in the day. Um, the ones that never seem to switch off because they just deliver, right? So we really value that. Mm -hmm. We don't value sitting on the sofa, breathing, yeah. being, yeah. staring at the stars. If we stare at the stars, we want to take a picture of the stars, you know? Yeah. And so what we are starting to see in the West is we realize we've got it all. We've got, we've got the home, we've got the car, maybe we've got this, we've got that. We can go out and buy this and that. And we just don't feel happy because half of us, if we're yin and yang, yin and yang is, you know, an equal split, is not being fulfilled. So to be present, to be aware of your breath, aware of all the senses of your body. So not just sight, which we overuse, but smell, taste, touch, sound. We can actually start working on something which we can call our sixth sense, which is that more intuitive sense of using all the senses mm -hmm. without having to be a thought process. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. <laughs> I hope it makes sense to the people listening as well. And I guess my question is, is this something that you've mastered or is oh, this something you work on every day? No, 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 no. no. Um, I don't think a monk will even tell you that he's mastered this. Mm -hmm. um, but this is this is something I think that we have to work 
even harder on because if they were meditating thousands of years ago because they realized you know the human the mind the ego was just this monkey mind imagine now when we are so distracted by technology when we are you know in conversation with tens hundreds thousands of people a day um when we can travel so easily and so often now um, there's a lot of things going on and living in a city we've already bombarded with with sounds smells sensations sights all the time mm -hmm. so I think we need to value not just sleep which has gone downhill I'd say lately for a lot of people because of overstimulation and always wanting to be doing stuff but also that rest is different to sleep mm -hmm. and having time to just be and sit with yourself and be, being comfortable to sit with yourself yeah um I can't remember the last time I used the word bored. Right. And as a and when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I'm so bored, mom, you know, when you're looking for like some adventure. Um, but you're in your 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 garden for the holidays for like three months. I can't remember the last time I was bored. And we yeah. and that's something I think we want to be able to experience because from boredom comes incredible creativity. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all very true what you're saying. And I think even sometimes if I'm just at home reading a book, there's something in me that's like, I should be and doing, could be doing more. Yes. I could be listening to an audio book while yeah. doing the ironing. Or listening to a podcast. Exactly. So we always feel like we need to be, we're, I, I feel like we're in a information overloaded state and, um, and information is wonderful. Knowledge is power, but we have to have time to process and digest that information. Otherwise it's not really going in or it's not really being put to use. So for example, um, in Ayurveda, which is what I wrote my last book about. I want to talk about that. Okay. What um, is it? What is it? Okay. So in a nutshell, if there is a nutshell, Ayurveda is the science or knowledge of life. So it directly translates as, as life knowledge. Um, it originated in India some three to 5,000 years ago. And it's from a Vedic civilization that was very, very advanced. It also has the same roots as yoga. And yoga, as we know it, is the kind of the postures, right? The workout. Mm -hmm. Yoga is actually actually means the, the yoking or the union of mind, body and spirit. And so to be a yogi is actually to put the knowledge of life into your everyday. So um, an example of this would be, so Ayurveda has this holistic approach and it's all about the balance of mind, body, spirit. So in the West, we've always been about physical. What's your physical health? How many sit-ups can you do? What do you look like? How how big are your muscles? How small is your waist? You know, how's your skin? That's how we rated health, right? But we never thought about kind of mental health or spiritual health. And lately, I think you'll agree, we're hearing so oh, much yeah. more about these because we realize we're just imbalanced without it. We're all about to crack. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so we've just become these productive, productive machines doing, 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 doing. But we're super reactive, you know, we are, we take on all this information, but we don't have time to digest it. So in my a way, I explain it is we're basically developing layers and layers of cruddy information that we never get time to kind of really digest and decide what we want to keep and what we don't want to keep. You know, we're very much of a world where it's, oh, get over it or pull your socks up and, and forget about it. And sometimes when we forget about it, we actually stick it further into our bodies. Does that make sense? Yep. And so an example of this, if anyone who thinks they're over something because their rational mind says, oh, don't be so silly. You know, of course your mom loves you or, you know, your teacher's just saying that because of X, Y and Z or, or you know, those examples. So you kind of push them under the carpet. 
and then one day someone says something to you and you burst into tears yep and you feel like that was really embarrassing because that kind of came from nowhere but actually came from deep within you and someone just let it let it out Mm -hmm. so are you a fan of therapy i guess i don't really call it therapy but they are therapies yeah right so time to i think of it more as someone holding space for you or you holding space for yourself Mm-hmm. so um time to just be mm-hmm. and sometimes being can be a little bit uncomfortable or very uncomfortable so you know I think if anyone's going through a busy time in their life and they suddenly have five minutes their mind starts racing or they start picking themselves apart or they start feeling very unhappy about their world I don't know if you yeah. can kind of, kind of relate to that mm-hmm. and it's usually because we have got so much of this crud going on around us that we can't see the wood for the trees we like yeah so the sound baths are sound therapy um but they're really a very quiet space to nurture your yin energy so that feminine grounded slow energy that cool energy as opposed to that yang productive fiery doing energy so people come in and they're attracted either because it's a new thing so they're curious or because they're like i get to lie down for an hour which I find quite funny because it's like you pay to lie down for an hour. Can you imagine <laughs> yeah. if you told your grandma, grandma, I'm, you know, I'm just going to um, a session. I'm going to just pay to lie down. You know, yeah. it sounds crazy. And um, and then they, because I play these crystal alchemy singing bowls, there's crystal therapy because they're made of crystals mm-hmm. and color therapy because yeah. they're very colorful and each one's unique. And then you have also this kind of group experience, a group meditation where the energy of people kind of meditating completely in a passive way, they don't even know they're meditating together is very, very strong. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, you might get someone who starts crying and the whole room starts crying. Doesn't happen often because we're all very reserved and if we feel it coming, we try to keep it in. You get someone who snores, the whole room starts snoring and you become this one big organism, if you like. And it's quite incredible to watch, but basically... You come out, whatever your experience is during the sound bath, usually it's quite blissful because people are knackered. But for people who come often, it can start becoming uncomfortable simply because some of their old stuff is coming out. Yeah. But it's the afterwards. That's what you're aiming for. That's that feeling of being very grounded, very in your body and very, I'm here. I'm in the now. I mean, speaking of crying in a in a class, I remember when I was going through a particularly tough time in my life and it was only my third ever yoga class and I just started sobbing. Yeah. And it was like a flow class. And it's really amazing how when you aren't surrounded by your music and your phone, Distractions, all these things, all the things that you do to take yourself away yeah, from you, the things that come up. And I think the group environment is so comforting. Yes. I love that's why I like to go to yoga classes. Yes. And also those postures are designed, you know, we keep a lot of tension in our hips. We don't, our postures nowadays, especially women, you know, we're not taught to kind of stand up straight because it kind of sticks our bust out and it can seem very, you know, yeah. in your face. That's our heart opener. So when we do a lot of heart openers or hip openers or back openers, all that, you know, all your experiences that haven't been processed properly. And this, and, and hear me out this, on this, because for me, this is very normal to talk about, but I can imagine people are going, what are you yeah. talking about? Your experiences are caught in your cells or in your body somewhere. So as you begin to expand and create space in your body, these things are able to come out, be digested, and they, they you process them and they come up back into your memory. Maybe 
you know, I once um, had an experience where I remember being made fun of as six years old in a playground. And my rational self had put that to bed a long time ago. Don't be silly. They were six. You were six. Get over it. It was years ago. And it was, they were, they were kids, you know. And it came up and it was so real. And I was back there and I, and I kind of cried for my little self for like two seconds. Gone. Oh. And I was in, I was more in shock that it even come up. Yeah. And that must have been sitting me for 30 odd years, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in these classes, we get a chance to be. And our grandparents might not have done this, but imagine they had so much more time, you know, unwittingly to be. Because yeah. if you wanted to read a book, you had to go to the library. You had to sign up for it. You had to wait two weeks for it. If you wanted to post a letter, you had to write the letter. (laughs) How many of us can even write a letter these days? Then you had to go and get the stamp and go to the post office and wait for them to receive it and wait for them to write back. Everything was slower, so much slower. And the irony is we have time savers and we try to, you know, time saving devices that make our lives easier. And yet we're time poor and we're quite stressed out. So how can you live a less stressed out life in this world mm. on it is it possible are you living it you seem pretty chill i have my moments yeah i have my moments meditation is a huge one to um help me to process and digest my experiences um but i'm not gonna lie i fall off the wagon quite often because mm-hmm. it's a busy city yeah my 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 mind that's constantly trying to problem solve will tell me, Jasmine, but you've got to get this deadline in, then you can meditate tomorrow. You know, yeah. this is important, get through this. Also, what you find is once you start meditating for a while, you actually feel so good, you almost feel invincible. Yeah. And so the little meditation goes out the window, you're like, ah, I still feel fine. Yeah. Another one goes out the window, ah, I'm still feel fine. Three days in, you're suddenly like, oh, well, that's, I feel cranky. It reminds me because I've spoken a lot about my mental health and I take medication for it which I'm trying to get off of Mm -hmm. through things like meditation etc but it's so similar because you start to feel so good yes you think I've never felt better and then you get off the medication and a couple days go by you're still feeling awesome and then one day you're like oh god yes here it is (laughs) here it is face to face again yeah so I guess it really is keeping that routine but it is hard when you start to feel really good in other news I saw you um posted on instagram the other day about the meaning of life or something like that do you know what i'm oh, talking gosh, about did i yeah Remind me more what do you what tell me what you think the meaning of life is because i used to have drawn on my windows <sighs> i always ask people what's what's it all for and hearing people's answers is always so interesting to me do you know what i've i've been speaking to a good friend of mine um MA, um who's also into ayurveda and we're both having a what's it all about yep. thing going on. And I think it's very much what winter brings, actually. Winter is a time for reflection and hibernation. I don't love it not being light. Same. I bloom in the spring and summer. Yep. My skin, my energy levels, my creativity, everything. As winter comes, I feel more and more begrudging of even having to leave the house. Yeah. And then I start questioning, like, what is the point? And also it's that kind of weird end of the year. What have I done with this year? Yeah. And that feeling of what's next year going to hold for me? Um, so what is the meaning of life? I kind of feel like what I want it to be about and what I try for it to be about is is to playfully express myself and to get comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. Because I think that if you can be, you are so much more used to others. So I think it's quite, it's quite a thing to always be 
giving to mm-hmm. people and to feel like you should be giving. Yeah. But I really believe if you don't learn to love yourself and give to yourself, then it's not unconditional love that you're giving to others. And I, even as I say that, I find that actually quite hard because, you know, for anyone who's ever tried looking in the mirror and telling themselves they love themselves, it's really, really it's very hard, weird. right? Yeah. It is weird and it's hard. And it can feel a bit hippie and can be very emotional. Mm-hmm. But I think, I feel like we are in an in the age of Aquarius. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah, I have. <laughs> and um, I have a lot of Aquarius in my chart. Do you? I do. I'm an Aquarian. Oh, amazing. I'm an Aquarian. I'm a Leo. Are you? My mom's a Leo. The best. Oh no, my mom's a Scorpio. Okay. No? Is that August? <laughs> Which one's August? August, yeah, Leo. My mom's a Leo. <laughs> she is a lion. Yeah, my my a, a lot of my houses are in Aquarius and in Virgo, which mm-hmm. are basically so opposite that I am totally torn apart by the detail or the bigger picture. Wow. I jump from one to the other all the time. I don't know much about astrology, but I totally embrace it because I believe that it's another way of looking at the world that is ancient, mm-hmm. you know. And and I've met quite a few people who've come from scientific backgrounds who mocked astrology and then went into it because they're like yeah. to, to, to try and disprove it and were completely like yeah. enamored by it. And there's def- very there's lots of different types of astrology. And every time I've gone to see different people from different schools, let's say Kabbalah, Ayurvedic, which is called Yotish, or Western astrology, they all come to the same conclusion. And for me, Ayurveda, which is this holistic um, health system well-being system from india is very similar to traditional chinese medicine from china to tibetan medicine to nepalese medicine it's basically a language of understanding that you are nature you are of nature and therefore it makes sense that your environment totally affects you and you affect your environment so we're constantly in play together like if i hung out with you for another week i'd probably have your accent (laughs) <laughs> I'm not joking because that's something that I tend to do. I tend to kind of mimic people mm-hmm. or like take on their accents. Some people just don't do that, but that's an eff- effect that you would maybe have on me mm-hmm. or you would inspire me to do stuff or I would inspire you to do stuff or you'd see something in me that you're like, oh, I don't like that about her. Oh, crap. I do that too. You know, <laughs> so we would, yeah. there's always an exchange going on all the time. We could be sitting right here on this couch and your experience of this is going to be completely different to my experience of this. And when we see each other again, whenever that might be, your memory of this will be certainly different to mine. I'll, yeah. I'll think of key things and you'll think of key things. So it's, Ayurveda helps us understand that we are individuals, but we are also the same, which okay. is really nice. We are our environment. So the things I've been talking today to you about, if you read my book or if you get into it, it becomes as intuitive as, oh, I'm quite hot. I take my jumper off. You don't actually think about that thought process. It just happens, right? Yeah. Or I'm a bit cold and then you put the kettle on. You don't think about that process. Yeah. That's how romantic and intuitive looking after yourself can be. Yeah. And I think knowledge is power. So I just urge anybody who wants to find out more about these things to keep an open mind about stuff and also not to fixate on anything because I think we're all looking for the club that's going to deliver and mm-hmm. um, no one's going to deliver only we are going to deliver right so we have to be very gentle with ourselves and very compassionate with ourselves and from there we can be totally compassionate of others i do really love your point of just keeping an open mind because yeah. it is just so 
It actually doesn't bother me when people try to say, well, that's just absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. Like I actually, it's okay. I, I kind of feel sad about it because it's like, it might not be for you, but Mm -hmm. just be open. Totally. You know, and what is so bad about looking at something from a different vantage point? Absolutely. And, you know, for example, like I say, you've got a massive community and I'm from how you go about your day to day. If somebody comes up and challenges you or is rude to you, when you're having a good day, how does it feel? It's kind of like water off the water off yeah. a duck's back, right? <laughs> when you're having a bad day, how does it feel? Oh my God, it's the most annoying thing ever. Isn't it? And <laughs> it goes round around your head and you spend hours concocting an email reply or a witty reply on, yep. on Instagram or something, you know, and then you think, oh, I'm over it. And then you get into bed. And there it comes again, round and round. I should have said this. I should have said that. Why did I say that? And what are they coming from? And what do they mean by that exactly? And I wish I'd just get to their point. You know, that's, it's, um, it's yeah, I, I, I really think now is the time. And also it's exciting that it's it's coming. You yeah. know, we, we, as much as the 80s, 90s and noughties had been this kind of work hard, play hard, you know, sleep when you're dead, step on other people to get to where you need to go, you know, be number one. I think we've seen it in action and we're like, ah, I think there's a little bit more to life than that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't want to be exhausted. I don't want to feel tired. I don't want to feel uninspired. I want to feel satisfied and content. So, you know, I think that's what we're all chasing at the end of it. But on a different note, I need to talk about your fashion. Oh, Because I think it's just as important as wellness (laughs) because your fashion sense is ridiculously cool. Oh my God. I want that writing. Oh my gosh. You're, you pair like so, so many cool patterns and textures. And was that something that you always loved or did you just kind of find that flair? Do you work with a stylist or how do you look like this? Thank you. I am. You just made my day. So I have a design background. Mm-hmm. I'd studied art and design when I was young and I went on to do um, furniture and product design. And I worked as a model for about 10, 15 years. Not really a fashion model, more of a commercial model, but obviously fashion comes into it every now and again. I am a magpie for stuff. Like I love your apartment. And it's funny <laughs> that I, you know, remembered the vase that we both have yeah. straight away. I, I honestly am a sucker for texture pattern. I love it too um I am a massive thrift shopper um what I mean by that actually for everyone who's English is I go to charity shops and car boots yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then the occasional vintage shop um I just love color I love people's personalities I think you know often I'll see you know that's what I love about being a woman as well because I feel like we've got more chance to play with this stuff yeah and I'll see something on someone and I'll want to experiment with that or it'll bring back a memory or I've traveled a lot. So I love to have those things in my apartment. And I have really been exploring sustainable fashion, yeah, which, I, has, been, I've which has been that. cool because it was really limiting for a long time. And so that's why I kind of stuck with the, the charity and the thrift. But over time, there's been some fantastic designers and that pool is getting bigger and bigger to play with. But I also love, you know, to support great design and not everybody has got the the resources to be able to produce things under an ethical banner or they don't want to call attention to what they're doing because people then call you out on it yeah so I love to just kind of um champion lots of different things yeah and 
and be experimental and borrow, I borrow a lot of things um, especially from my best friends we yeah. kind of keep everything moving around between us and yeah I think it was probably a massive um, it was to it was to balance out the fact that I had to wear my cousin's hand-me-downs for the first 12 years of my life and they were and they were shorter than me mom they may have been older than me but they were shorter than come me come on mom <laughs> well I loved what you said about boring your friends clothes and stuff because my friends and I do that all oh, the time and it's so, so fun and this podcast is called on the line so I need to ask you if you could only save three contacts that's not including your closest family members who would you save in your phone. Oh my goodness. Who's your best friend? Oh, so they can be best friends. They can be best friends, but not okay. like your mom and your, you know, partner. Or we're going to start fights now amongst my friends. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So three people that immediately came to mind. One is Gary Goro. Okay. So he's my friend who is way too far away from me. He lives in Byron in Australia in Byron Bay and he was the guy that taught me to meditate okay. so I learned Vedic meditation 10 years ago um for my 30th birthday I'm 39 soon it's about nine yeah, years you ago wouldn't for my 30th it, birthday you wouldn't believe it <laughs> um in Australia in Sydney on Bondi Beach when I was having a whole oh my goodness what is it all about moment I think it was recession back in the UK um, the pound was worth nothing in Australia. And Gary came to me via so many people. I just kept on reading the clues and suddenly I found myself meditating with this guy and my other half, Nick, as well. And he's been a huge life changer for me. Number two is Susie Pearl, who lives in Ibiza. She has been a fantastic mentor for me, uh, mentor for me over the last nine years. She's like a big sister. And she came from a PR background and she's... She's kind of mad in that she's like, don't look at the numbers, Jasmine. Don't look at the figures. Just go by how you feel. <laughs> yeah. So she taught me to feel rather than overanalyze and process things. And then another one is my best friend, Chanel, who lives very close to here. And so we were five minutes down the road from each other. And I'm currently on a massive campaign to make her move out to where I am now. Oh, how's that going? Um, it's going well. I keep inviting her down every week and going, look at this great park. And <laughs> we can go here and have coffee. And yeah, so it's working <laughs> bit by bit. Well, back to your contact number two. I'm dying to go to Ibiza. I've never been. <gasps> Estee, it's amazing. <laughs> but I'm like, so I've recently got into partying, which is so opposite to what you're saying. But do you party? Like, do you like to? I did do the partying yeah. from about um, the first time I ever went to Ibiza. I was actually 19 and I was on my way to Formentera, which is the island next door to it. And I happened to stop by Ibiza one night and I remember being in um, San Antonio, which is a notorious part where everything is an Irish pub and an English fry up. And I remember going, oh God, this is awful. I'm never coming back here again. And then I went six years later with another best friend called Ivana, who now lives there. And we had the best summer and then the best summer the next year and the best summer the next year wow. and then we did it for a few summers and then we got into the very alternative side yes. of the island because they they do the extremes there so you can party hard and then you can get really down into the spiritual stuff yeah. so it's a very um there's incredible ley lines that run underneath the bitha so that's what they say kind of attracts this incredible energy and you can have everything from kind of Oh, goodness. Just healers come and visit the island for the energy. You can get and work with them. You can um, eat incredible food. There's a huge local organic movement there in Ibiza. I was just there for at the Amorvor Festival um, in October. 
And yeah, if anyone hasn't been, go north of the island and go and explore. Okay, I definitely need to get out there this summer. And so we know your contacts and I want to know if you could only follow three people on Instagram, who they would be, who are your faves? Oh my goodness, I think they're probably like dog ones, <laughs> you know, like my dog does this. My dog does um, this. I'm just laughing because a minute ago I kind of went, <gasps> And Reggie's head shot up behind you. And one of my, my dog, Julie, does that. And he looked like a seal. He kind of got up, looked around, and came back down again. I know. They're so stressed uh, out, aren't they? Uh, okay. So you're following dog accounts. Fine. Yes. Um, so we also have some questions that people have sent in. So, cool. So the first question is from Emma. And she says, hi, Estee. Hey, Jasmine. I am tw- a 20-year-old student. And I was just wondering if you had any tips for cooking and eating healthy on a budget while at uni. Mm-hmm. Is it more expensive? to cook in a more healthy way yes and no yes if you want to go down the green smoothie super powder route but actually uh, the healthiest way to eat and the more i'm understanding is this is looking after your digestion yes wholesome food is possible and we kind of know what that is i don't really even need to detail that too much but it's more about how easy is it to digest so cooked food is really good for us and i know that's quite um going against what some people's idea might be that raw has got all this incredible yeah. nutrients, which it does, it totally does. But can you actually access it is the question. When food has been cooked and broken down, it's so much easier to access. That's why we cook food for babies and for elderly and for people who are sick. If you're stressed, eat cooked food. When I was at university, I was stressed. One thing I did when I was there was my friends and I in the same you know house share, we cooked for each other. That meant that one night a week, or two nights a week you cooked only. Yeah, um, that's it was, a good idea. It was a really good idea. And also when you kind of buy a bit more in bulk, it's a bit more affordable. Um, my other tip would be get a slow cooker. Yes, I've been hearing so many things about these slow cookers. Yeah. My mom, that's the only thing she cooks in. Do you call it a crock pot? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a crock. It's a crock pot. <laughs> a crock pot or a slow cooker. So this is a really brilliant, it's, it's, you basically leave the cooker on while you're out or while you're sleeping. I think it uses less electricity than a light bulb. It's very safe. And when you slow cook food, you break it down slowly while preserving as many of the nutrients as possible. It also means you come home to a hot dinner. And most of us, most of the time, opt for takeaways because we just want a hot dinner. Yeah. So if you put something on like, I really, you know, I love dals. I love something called kachari, which is almost like an Ayurvedic risotto of dal and basmati rice. And then I just put my favorite seasonal vegetables in there. So basically what you find in abundance. So right now it'd be all the root vegetables because there's no more green really on the surface. And that's a way of you staying seasonal. When you eat seasonal, believe it or not, you're actually usually saving money because that's what's abundant. Um, It also means you're in touch with your environment. It's a connection. Um, And three, it's probably what suits you because, you know, Winter is this time of hunkering down and getting rooted and hibernating. And that's why we love sweet potato and parsnip and carrot and beetroot at this time of year. Well, I mean, there are so many different approaches to food and what we should be eating, like you said about the raw food. Yeah. And one thing that I always loved about you and everything that you kind of talk about in your um, cafe and stuff Mm -hmm. was that it just seems like normal, real food. Mm -hmm. And it's not like a 
it doesn't feel like a fad. It doesn't feel like a trend. And I really like that. So I, I just wanted to bring up that point. And thank you. Yeah. I mean, how do you stand hearing about all these different trends and stuff like that? You must get hammered constantly about like, you know, this isn't right or that's not right. Because if I even take a picture of what I'm eating, yeah. the comments are, you shouldn't be eating this or you should be eating that. Yeah, It, it drives me insane. It's interesting. Basically, everyone will come from different schools of thought. Yeah. And, and, um, and I know why, yeah. you know. Because there are diets that have worked for specific things in the short term. So I see diets as more of a quick fix. Mm -hmm. You might need to get into your wedding dress. You might need to lower your blood pressure. You might need to lose some pounds quickly because it's having an effect on your heart, etc., etc. Or you might have an allergy or you have a skin condition that means you can't touch X, Y, Z. So I understand why we have specific and very studied ways of eating but if you look back and if you look around the world the the kind of traditional way of eating was what grows around you cooked yeah and it's usually in some kind of soupy stewy form so I'm a massive fan of soups and stews they're broken down they're cooked they're easy for you to access the, the nutrients easy to digest um, they're warming, they're soothing, they're comforting. You can feed a crowd. They're very economical. You can reheat them. You can store them. Um, they're very hydrating. It's endless. But if you look around the different cultures, they're all slightly different. They'll use herbs and spices and different combinations depending on what influences they've had. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I just need you to make me a stew. Um, <laughs> we've got time for one more question, and this is from Yeleni. And she says, does your partner have the same lifestyle as you? How do you do it? So interesting. So I've been with Nick for 15 years. Ah. I know, 16 coming up. Wow. And um, we are definitely an influence on each other. Um, he's one of the reasons that I started Hemsley and Hemsley yeah. all those years ago. When we met, we both had completely different ideas of how to eat, but we both loved food. And we have been on this journey of well-being together. And sometimes I'm a step ahead of him, if you want to call it ahead. And sometimes he's a step ahead of me. And sometimes I'm being a total cow and he's like, Jazz, you need to meditate. And I'm like, <laughs> you meditate, you meditate. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, he's kind of right. And then I'll go and do it. So yeah, we've, we've, it's, it's been great. And I, and I, and I recognize that that's what makes it easier when someone's supporting yeah. you. But what I would say as words of advice for anyone who feels like they're not in sync with their other half is just get into it yourself. Just enjoy the journey yourself. Make extra. If, um, they want to eat it they're welcome to eat it and if they want to learn about it they want to ask you questions about them then just answer it yeah but don't force it down anyone's throat i've been there and done that honestly there's times when i thought oh why are people drinking that do they have no idea and it goes down well with some people and other people i've just turned them you know i've just made them even more anti-well-being yeah. for another three years so just let you be the example yeah. and you enjoy it yourself and if you get it wrong you got into this you got into raw food it didn't suit yeah. your stomach or you decided this was the way to go and then you've gone off it just allow yourself it's all part of the journey yeah. we're not here to get it right first time you do you you do you so what's next for you jasmine I am getting ready for my first Christmas mm -hmm. in my new home. Oh. So I'm very excited. And um, and then I'm off to India to do oh. a bit more studying. Amazing. Um, but before that, I've got another sound bath coming up. I am just, yeah, I'm going to use Christmas to really think about my coming years because the last 10 years have been a whirlwind mm -hmm. and I'm very blessed. But there's times that I've been re reactive rather than proactive. So I'd like to think about what 
are, what is going to suit me and what would I be happy with as the next steps of my life? Okay. And where can people stay in touch with you if they want to? I'm at Jasmine Hemsley, where you can see my rad fashion. Yep. And also hear about my sound baths and things. Um, I've got a, a website called www.jasminehemsley.com. If you subscribe to that, you can see where I'm giving talks on Ayurveda, um, the little events I'm doing, and also what recipes I'm cooking up. Amazing. Thank you so much for talking with Thank me you today. For having me it has been so enlightening. Oh, good. I love it. Thank <laughs> Bye. you. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you so much for listening to another episode of On The Line. And don't forget to send your questions to youronthelinen at gmail.com. Thank you to Jasmine, who was such an amazing guest. And please go follow her on Instagram. She's one of my fave accounts. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And of course, tell your pals. Hello? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.